Hey listeners, Jennifer here. Do you ever feel disconnected or even lonely as a business owner? I believe a huge part of being really successful in business is making powerful connections. And because I am so passionate about community and connections, I've created a place for you to connect, network with other like-minded entrepreneurs, and even get feedback from a certified coach, that would be me, on your business. Every week, I host a one-hour coffee chat so that you have a consistent and free space to be in community with others who are on a similar journey. I would love to invite you to be a part of this community. Even if your afternoon beverage of choice is not coffee, I welcome you to join us. Go to the link in the show notes to join. I can't wait to meet you. Imagine having a guide to walk with you through the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. Someone who has been where you are and knows the psychology and the magic of business done with ease and joy. Welcome to the Clarity to Cash podcast, the place for you to get crystal clear in your business and life so you can feel confident about getting to that next level of cash and impact. I'm your host, Jennifer Jacobson, former therapist and certified life coach for female entrepreneurs. My mission is to get you the clarity you need to create the life and business you desire. Every week, I will be your guide to more clarity, confidence, and cash in your business. Get ready to feel the power of clarity to cash. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have a guest. Oh, of course we have a guest. We have a guest today. Her name is Leslie Bosch, and she is a PhD in developmental psychology. So she has some amazing knowledge. She's also a national board certified health and wellness coach. She received her training as an integrative wellness coach from the Andrew Weil Center for Integrative Medicine. Oh my gosh, so cool. And as an integrative wellness coach, she helps busy professionals achieve their wellness goals in seven core areas of health. And I can tell you about those core areas in a minute, but through her coaching, this is what's so cool. She aims to help clients make a bigger impact without sacrificing their health well-being, or personal relationships. So that is so amazing. And some of those core areas that she helps people on are, oh my gosh, and this one is so key, sleep. (laughs) So many people struggle with sleep, right? Nutrition, movement, relationships, spirituality, and resilience through stress management, especially through those difficult transitions. And we all have those at some point in our lives. So Wow, this is a lot, and I'm so excited to have you here today, Leslie. Um, just, yeah, tell us a little bit about you. That's a lot of training, and it sounds amazing, but tell us, like, in a nutshell, how you help your clients, because this all sounds so great, and I want to make sure that you are, you know, connecting, which is part of my framework, with the right people via this podcast. So how would somebody, like, know if they're they're the right person for all this? Well, thanks so much, Jennifer, for having me on the show. It's such a delight to meet you. And I really appreciate all the work that you're doing with your clients as entrepreneurs in order to make their dreams come true. Thank you. 
So basically, before we dive in, I just wanted to let you know that we're going to be talking about a lot of things today. And so to help your listeners, I put together a companion guide that they can get right now at boshintegrativewellness.com forward slash self-compassion. Perfect. And, and we'll that link way, that in the show notes too, so they can just get that right away. First yeah, sure. so they, exactly. So that, that way they don't have to worry about taking notes or forgetting anything. So Love that. Yes. Great. So now basically, um, basically how the clients that I help are high achieving women who okay. are having difficulty, they're sort of feeling stuck or blocked and having difficulty um, getting what they want. They're making an impact and they are very successful, but other areas of their life, especially their personal relationships or their health, their self-care, all of these kinds of things are kind of falling to the bottom of the list Mm -hmm. and they're beginning to feel the wear and tear. So they're beginning to understand that they need to make some changes. And I can totally relate to my clients before, because before I became a coach, like many Americans, I was working long hours in a very demanding job. And unfortunately, I wasn't managing my stress. In fact, like many people, I didn't even know that stress management was a thing. I thought it was just life and somehow you had to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I was eating lots of junk food. I wasn't exercising. I wasn't sleeping well. A lot of tension. I was having some, you know, arguments with my husband. We weren't having a fun time. (laughs) I, heaven knows, I wasn't having any fun because, you know, I was working all the time and I was exhausted when I wasn't. So I didn't really realize it at the time, but I was trading my well-being and my health and my relationship satisfaction basically for success in my career. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think so many of us can relate to that. And I talk to women so often who are definitely, you know, kind of caught in that hustle mentality. And in order to be successful, you have to just work at the expense of everything else in your life. And really like, I I think it's so interesting because we, as women, we want to be successful and we want to like have this amazing business as entrepreneurs, but it's kind of like, I always ask myself, like, what's it all for if we are neglecting all the other things? And so many women, unfortunately, work themselves into burnout and they end up quitting. So a lot of times um, just making some little tweaks in our daily routine can make such a huge difference. So I know we're going to be talking about perfectionism today. And before we do that, I would love to just ask you like how, and I know we didn't talk about this question per se before our interview today, but how did you like get to the point where you realized how stressed out you were? Because you didn't even you know, while you were going through it, maybe you didn't even realize like, wow, I'm really stressed out. This is affecting different areas of my life. Like what happened that you kind of came to the realization that something had to change? That's such a wonderful, perfectly phrased question. Thank you so much. Because that's exactly what happened. I sort of stumbled on to this course at the Andrew Wall Center for Integrative Medicine. And in the course, it really introduced me to the seven core areas, which you already explained, and showed a lot of the scientific evidence for what needs to be done and how to do it. And then, of course, during the class, not surprisingly, my homework was essentially to clean up my act, if you will, in <laughs> seven core areas of health, which I 
I did. And um, they taught a lot about stress management, a lot about the techniques that really work, because again, you know, it's all science backed. So we know that these are strategies that work. So you don't have to waste time on strategies that don't work. That's amazing. And after several months of concerted effort, I really began to feel better, right? I started to lose some weight. I started sleeping better. I started to feel more calm and rested and more connected to my husband. Things started to get much easier there as well. And again, I was so happy with my results that I decided to take it to the next level. And that's when I became a National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach. So now I work with others to basically improve the quality of their lives too. And it's really fun. That's amazing. I love that you have that, that really like that story that speaks so much to what you went through. And then now like taking everything that you've gone through and turning that around and making a business out of it and helping other people maybe not make the the same mistakes you did, or if they have, if they've fallen into that same, you know, unfortunate hamster wheel (laughs) of a life this is how they can get out of it. So that's awesome. So I love that so much. So we're going to be talking about perfectionism today. And I wonder, how do you think perfectionism kind of falls into that um, overwhelm? Because, you know, when when we're going through the hustle and we're working so hard, um, how do you think perfectionism kind of plays into that? That is such a great question. Perfectionism really is It's kind of like a thought, an expectation, a belief, and that, because perfection really isn't possible, um, it adds undue pressure, Mm -hmm. and it really actually creates a kind of unnecessary stress. So becoming aware of the fact that we tend to have these perfectionistic thoughts or these beliefs that we should be perfect, that Mm. it should be done a certain way in order to be perfect, this can really help, um, can really sort of push us towards a stress response because it's very threatening when we can't live up to our standards. Mm. More than anything, we want to be able to live up to our standards. And if our standards are unrealistic, then like I said, the gap between what we want to do and what we actually do is wide. Mm -hmm. And that gap is what will create, you know, sadness, fear, anger, guilt, shame, all these things. So it's so important to understand that we have those thoughts and how to work with them so that we can have them as aspirations, but not as things that must be done. Mm, Oh my gosh. I love how you made that distinct distinction because I think that's so important that, um, cause I know, (laughs) I, I know I've talked to people who are like, well, I'm a perfectionist because it, it helps me to achieve more and more and more because I'm always striving for perfection. I'm always striving for the best, but I think that you can have both. You can strive to do better and do better, but it, yeah, you have to make that mindset shift that perfectionism being perfect doesn't actually exist. So if you're striving for that, that you're going to continually just be, you know, unhappy and unfulfilled. So such a great distinction. Exactly. Unfulfilled. That's a really important thing because a lot of times perfectionists say that if it's not a hundred percent perfect, then it's 
worthless. So this is the other thing that we have to be really careful. It's a kind of all or nothing black and white thinking in which we want, um, like I said, we can't say that was 85% good. And that was really amazing. And I'm really pleased with this. And there were a few things I want to tweak next time. I'm going to try for this, or I'm going to try for that. Again, that pursuit of excellence, but primarily I'm satisfied. I got 85%, right? So again, there's that sense of satisfaction while we're also still striving for excellence. Okay. I love that so much. So what are some of the strategies um, that you think are most effective for people to kind of be able to close that gap and overcome perfectionism because it is causing them so much overwhelm? Right. Well, I think one of the biggest things, Jennifer, to recognize is how do we respond when we see that gap between what we wanted and what we achieved, right? Um, If we see that as an opportunity to, great, like learn something new and try something new or, you know, do a little polishing or something like that, then ultimately this is okay. But if we see it as an opportunity, like basically to beat ourselves up and be really harsh on ourselves and super critical, then this is really also another part of it that can be problematic. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Add additional stress because again, this beating up is very threatening. When we say harsh and cruel things to ourselves, then this creates, again, more stress. You get a compounding of the stress response. Okay. Gotcha. So it's almost like when you're, well, this is interesting because if you're a perfectionist and you're aware of it, and then you, you know, continue to kind of beat yourself up for not being perfect, then like you said, it is a compounding effect. And so, yeah, I can really see how that can really build up over time and lead to that point of overwhelm and, and potentially even burnout. So what are, um, what are some of the most effective ways do you think, um, obviously we're, we're talking about not beating yourself up. (laughs) What are some other ways that can really help those who, identify, um, having, cause I always talk about mindset blocks and perfectionism is a huge mindset block. And so what are some other ways that they can really overcome that mindset block for themselves? Excellent. So basically an anecdote, basically to self-criticism, this is really what I wanted to share with your listeners today, which is self-compassion. So this is a way to respond to ourselves when we, you know, we have a difficult time or we fail or we notice something that we don't like about ourselves. And certainly I can relate to this as a recovering perfectionist myself. I don't like it when I'm not perfect. I don't like it when there are imperfections. I don't like it when I miss the mark. So in in the past, I would always like sort of really beat myself up. And I really did not understand the degree to which this was really creating more stress and making me feel really lousy. Because again, it was all automatic. It's all happening in the background outside of awareness. And I really had no idea. So again, self-compassion has like three elements. And the first um, element of self-compassion is mindfulness. Mm. And this is really um, where you need to learn, as it were, to keep an eye on yourself. 
right? Much like a supervisor would keep an eye on their employees or a teacher on their students or parents on their kids or coaches on their players. We really need to be able to get that kind of supervision going. Um, That higher self, some call it the observing ego, uh, scholars call it metacognition, but it really is the ability to to keep an eye on yourself and watch your thinking. Yes. Yes. So that you can catch yourself when you have a perfectionistic thought, or more importantly, when you start with the harsh self-criticism. You start hearing yourself call yourself those names, or you start taking that really nasty tone of voice, or you really start going over and over and over what didn't work. It's a really critical first step is to be able to see, oh, look, I'm doing that, right? Mm-hmm. So much in the same way that we would with a friend or a child, uh, you know, a teenager, a lot of times teenagers run into this, right? You see them being really, talking really bad about themselves. Like as a parent, you or a teacher, you would kind of intervene. You would move in to say, now, now, mm-hmm. let's think about this. Mm-hmm. Let's, yeah. you know, let's kind of break this down. Let's kind of get this, let's put this into perspective. Let's think about this in ways that are helpful. Let's, you know, all of these things. You would intervene. You wouldn't just allow them to sit there and keep doing that and doing that and doing that. Now, of course, a lot of times they might not want your intervention and then you're kind of stuck with that, but you would move to say, no, no, don't be so hard on yourself, right? And we would do this with a friend if we saw a friend doing that as well. So essentially, this is the first step to understand when we're doing it, and then to have the intention to intervene. Mm. Now, one of the best things, the first thing to do when you intervene is to remember that you're not alone. This is what we call the second component or element, which is common humanity. Okay. This is where we remember that it's part of the human condition to make mistakes. Okay. Weaknesses, failures, insufficiencies, like this is the human condition. Love that. Love that. Yes. I always tell my clients, like, you know, you are only guilty of having a human brain. That's it. (laughs) I love that. That's right. So there's something also, you know, sometimes when things don't go our way, we really can feel as if I am the only person suffering or making mistakes. However, all humans suffer and all humans make mistakes. So self-compassion allows you to recognize that suffering and personal inadequacy is just part of the shared human experience, something that we all go through rather than something that's wrong with me and only seems to happen to me alone. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that's so helpful because it just really helps us feel so normalized and like, like we're not just in this alone, that this is actually what every single human on the planet experiences. So that's, yeah, that's great. I love that. That's right. Because so much of human beings are really designed. We really need to belong and we really need to see ourselves as good as, and competent individuals. So if we're feeling singled out in any way, in a negative way, again, this is very threatening. This will create that stress response, which will throw you into the fight, flight, or freeze, which is not helpful. It doesn't help you with your creative problem solving. It you know, can lead to the overwhelm when then suddenly you can't think straight, You know, all these sorts of things. So it's very important to understand that where the threat lies and how to um, distinct, you know, extinguish the threat, if you will, eliminate it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. Okay. And what's the third one? (laughs) Yeah. The third element really is about the self-kindness. And this really is where we do, where we talk to ourselves like we would talk to a friend. Mm 
Mm. You know, befriending ourselves and believing that we truly deserve care and concern just like everybody else. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's amazing. I love that so much. And I think this is such a simple, like simple way to, and I love how you put that, like it's the antidote. It's the kind of the, the simple cure, if you will, to perfectionism. And it's really like, it seems so simple, but what would you say to somebody who's really, really struggling with the negative thoughts and has a really hard time. Like they know they have these automatic negative thoughts, but are really having a hard time kind of, you know, talking back to them per se. Yeah, that is such a great, that is such a great thing because it's exactly what you need to do. You need to begin to sort of externalize those negative thoughts and begin to see them like as if someone were actually bullying you. Like what would you do in the face of a bully to actually put an end to that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is, yeah. And that's such a, um, I think that's such a great visual in a way, because if you, if you look at these negative voices as a bully and you, and I love how you kind of point out, like you almost need to treat yourself like a child or your best friend. And when you see the negative voices as a bully, it kind of feels a little more like it's okay to, to really talk back to that bully and be much more kind to yourself. I love that so much. Yes. Because a lot of times, you know, we're, we're, when we're coming up, when we're growing up, right, we really don't have, there are voices in our world, like maybe our parents were over punitive, or maybe the teacher was harsh, or maybe there were kids that were harsh. So the point is those voices get inside of our head and they are but one voice that can be in your head. There can be other voices that can get into your head. So you can create a more, and that's part of what I do as a coach is I start to model for the people, the voice, the kind, caring, understanding voice, the helpful voice, the encouraging voice that then can start to get inside of their thoughts where when they start to have those old thoughts, suddenly my voice comes in as an alternative and says, wait a minute, I can choose this voice or that voice. I have a choice now. So, and I can, and we, I do have some strategies for dealing with those, um, you know, harsh remarks too. We can talk about that. But um, again, like I said, a lot of times as as we're growing up, we can get the mistaken idea and our caregivers might've had the mistaken idea as well, that being overly harsh and critical was actually the best way to whip us into shape. Mm, But the research actually shows that this is not effective that self-compassion is a more effective way to go about getting yourself to do the right things, to do what you want. And become successful as well, I would say. And yes, in so many different areas of your life. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, this is so helpful, Leslie. Like I just, and I, I actually feel like you know, we're talking about perfectionism today, but I feel like this, um, you know, kind of self-compassion model that you have is really like, so I I can see it being completely effective with any kind of negative um, mindset block that's really holding us back. So thank you so much for that. Exactly. Thank you. So again, again, just to re, just to recap, there are three, three 
um, elements. The first is the mindfulness. You've got to recognize that you are having a moment of difficulty. The second is to remember that you are not alone, that lots of people are struggling in similar and different ways. Yes. And then the third is to say to yourself, how can I be kind to myself right now? And this is really asking yourself, and what can I do right now to continue to move towards my goals, right? Those healthy behaviors that I want to engage in to get where I want to go. Awesome. Awesome. And then don't forget, you guys, she has the download that's linked in the show notes so that you can have that all really simply laid out for you so that you can refer to it whenever you're kind of noticing having some of these negative voices or thinking you might not even notice. You're just like, I just know I'm not feeling very good right now and things aren't going my right way. So maybe this is what I need to focus on. So I love that so much. Leslie, tell um, everyone, please, the best way to reach you. And we will, of course, link all of your handles in the show notes. But if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, if they're like, she really is speaking my language, and I want to find out more about how Leslie can help me, what's the best way to connect with you? The best way is just really through my website, which is boschintegrativewellness.com. And again, you spell my name like the appliance, B-O-S-C-H. So that's boschintegrativewellness.com. Thank you so much. And thank you for being on the podcast today. I just, I really think that this is so incredibly helpful for so many people. And I know female entrepreneurs, especially, we very, very often struggle with perfectionism. So this is such a great, um, great way to counter that. And it's very simple, straightforward. And I love all your examples. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today. And thank you so much, Jennifer, for the opportunity to come and be with you and your listeners. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for listening to the Clarity to Cash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please write a five-star review and share with your biz besties. If you want to learn more, come visit me at jenniferjacobsonlifecoaching.com. That's Jacobson with a K. Talk to you next week.